This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell. This is our full-time show, our initial reaction show, to Fulham's nil-nil draw against West Ham. And Emilio, there's a lot to talk about in a short period of time. We will have a post-match show when we can really break down the match. That's not what this is about. This is just sharing our initial reaction. You and I were talking about it. So just give me your initial thoughts on the draw and just the mood coming out of this match. And it's angry Emilio once again. Yeah, I am angry tonight and angry with the fans. But before I sort of give my views, um, let me apologize in advance if I end up swearing a bit too often tonight. It's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's the, 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 the swearing will be more towards certain fans who are friends and people I communicate with, I would get actually very, very frustrated okay. with the negativity that's coming from these supporters. I'm reflecting tonight. I'm free, obviously this is a full time show on just on today's ninety minutes. So I'm not talking that's about right. the season to date. What's coming up on tonight's ninety minute effort? I thought the team were brave, courageous. You know, we didn't show respect to West Ham, which is what I asked for. Before we took it day. to West Ham. We took it to West Ham. I thought the, the, the team should be proud of themselves. Let's be honest. Over that ninety minute, I totally agree with you. We played. should be proud, me and you. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and again, the fans, you, you can feel the way that you do. I'm proud of this team because, yeah. again, it's not about effort, and we'll talk about this. It's yeah. about execution. That's what it's about. Exactly. And I thought overall, you know, we tried. We 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 improved 100 percent compared to Leicester City on Wednesday night. Like yes. West Ham respect. West Ham were in the, one of the second informed team of the Premier League. We got a reaction. And we deserve to win that game over 90 minutes. I agree but, with you. As far as I'm concerned, you know, well, over 90 minutes, none of us expected a win from this game. Let's be honest. You know, I predicted this morning a 3-1 defeat. But I was messaging a few people before the game, half an hour before, thinking, you know what, I've got some optimism here. For some reason, I feel that we've got, there's something in it for us here. I think I think we can get, we can get something from this game and hopefully get a win. And I thought the performance warranted three points for us. I thought we tried hard. You know, what, the only the only disappointing thing is being wasteful in front of goal. The same old yes. problem. You know, how many shots on target compared to, effort, you know, shots off target? That's Loftus-Cheek, 
you know, uh, Cavalero. The reason why we are where we are is we're not scoring enough goals. But aside from that, I thought our build-up play, especially in that second half, we looked tidy, organised. West Ham were on the back foot. We made them look very average, to be honest. And overall, if we had a bit of better finishing, we would have won that game. We'd all be celebrating three points here. But your question at the beginning, will I take a point? Opponents better no points. It's not enough. Right. But it's a point that we wouldn't have expected against an informed West Ham team. So let's take this point. Let's look at the positives and stop F bloody moaning fans. I'm getting fed up with all these fans, you know, and I'm going to block a lot, a lot of these fans in the future. I'm just getting frustrated. We've got to pull together and hope this team can get out, out of the mess they're in. But constantly seeing negativity. Mitrovic, you know, was a disgrace at the end. Nonsense. It's stop, stop making excuses, fans. Get on the, get on the back of the, the team, push them along. And we, with, with our support, we, can, we might be able to get out of this mess we're in. But I'm just getting frustrated with the number of fans. Sorry if I'm, I'm moaning tonight, but it's, it's, it's getting a bit hard to take now. We've got to focus on the positives. The 4-4-2 formation, I thought, whatever formation we played, made us look a little bit more organised. I thought we, That's we, right. You know, we could, we could talk about substitutions during this show. I thought they were a little bit late. We definitely will. We have plenty of comments on that. Just so you know, we have a lot of comments about the late substitutions. Guys, we're going to get to that because I'm seeing people just mention Mm -hmm. that, and I agree with that. We will talk about it in just a bit. I I, I just wanted to go and really just get your opening thoughts, Emilio. You know, I'll share mine as well. Mm -hmm. It's funny because when I look at this, and we just look at this as just one match, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny, and then you look at the, the other time, that we play them, you know, here's a team that's getting a lot of praise and do we deserve where they are, right? We made them look average. So when it comes down to it, and I'm I'm watching the broadcast and yes, I'm getting a different broadcast than what fans are getting in England, but the announcers again, we're we're really talking about that Fulham basically had everything, Emilio, obviously, except for the finishing. And Mm -hmm. that's where they are just lacking. They had the, Ability to go forward to really create, but they just weren't finishing. And you know, you you know, and I'm seeing the comments. Not enough shots on target. I, I agree with all that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, agreed. That's but honestly, where we are. That's where we are. Where we are. We're in the position we're in because exactly, not exactly, exactly, not- exactly. But but again, when we look at this match and and you look at West Ham and ask yourself, you know, you said this before. West Ham looked dangerous on set pieces, and. Um, they had a couple of opportunities in the first half, but mm-hmm. really think about it. Who was the better side overall? Who looked more dangerous throughout the match? I would have to say Fulham, Amelia. Yeah, and I thought West Ham were obviously trying to play to their strengths. Their strengths from set pieces, from course. Yeah. even from from what you know, Cresswell. He's dangerous for those. For Very those dangerous. If we had an Aaron Cresswell instead of maybe Robinson or Kenny Tate, we know we probably we would have scored a lot more goals. Again. Contrasted, they're, they're top four, we're bottom three. There's a reason for that. There but, is a reason. But like I said, we're not talking about the same old themes, why we are where we are. Over today's game, we've got some optimism. We can we can take some courage from this performance. Start to bake in the new the strikers into the game a little bit. I think just disappointed that they weren't phased in a little bit earlier. Maybe after right. six minutes, bring one of them on and maybe put a second one on with 10 minutes to go. But to bring double substitution... Yep. With twelve minutes to go, a little bit too conservative again. I thought that game was there for to be to be won, and we're going to talk about that. I think Scott Parker, you saw him on the touchline. He was should I, shouldn't I? Do I be brave? He was dithering, he was debating, and I get where he was coming from. He wants to protect the draw, but did he have enough balls to make that those substitutions earlier? Clearly, he didn't. But overall, 
Let's be proud of the team over that 90-minute performance. We held a very good team, an informed team, like I mentioned, and we made them look very, very average. If we could take those performances to some of those other winnable games I keep going on about, maybe there's more chance to, uh, you know, to, to take something out of it. But at the end of the day, it was always going to be a tough game today. And I, yeah. I, at the end of the day, it's what do you do? You take a point, yes, because it's a game you didn't expect anything from. Clearly, it's not enough, but it's it's trying to find that balance, fans. And you know, it's you know, what do you do? You know, do you, do you prefer to lose three nil and, and and go for it, or do you prefer keep it tight, try to make something happen, and then try to make some t- tactical changes in the second half, like he did today? Maybe we could have won that game. So overall, I'm not disappointed. To be honest, okay. I think for me, it's a point gained, but it's a point not a point not enough. And okay, that's, no. and that's an interesting way to put it because when you look at it. I've, I will take the point, but honestly, it's not enough based on where we yeah. are if we're looking at the big picture. If you're just looking at the match, I don't think even getting a point is enough because they were the better mm-hmm. side. They didn't do the finishing that is the difference. It's the difference between Fulham and West Ham and, and these mm-hmm. other sides. That's the reason why they are where they are. They just can't finish. But it doesn't mean that they can't. It yeah. doesn't mean that in these upcoming matches, and that's going to – have me now ask you, and, and we'll do this in two parts. Let's talk about the change of shape. Did it work, Emilio? Did it work, again, against the West Ham? And then I'll follow that up with another question about the change of shape. I want to get your thoughts on it because I thought it worked. What are your thoughts? Um, certainly in the second half it worked. I think first half it was a very, you know, very cagey game between both teams. It was very much dominant in midfield. You know, we looked more, more compact, didn't we? I think we looked a little bit more organized. Our passing was fairly neat. It was, you know, it was, a, it was, it was, it was dominated by the midfields. To be honest, I just thought our defence was reasonably comfortable, especially in that first half. I don't think we felt felt under a lot of threat from West Ham. It was just from set pieces and from those, from the ball coming out wide from Cresswell, for example. That's that's where their biggest threat was coming from. But overall, yep. I thought we played with a little bit more freedom today. We had that's we, right. You know, our movement could have been a little bit faster. I think at times in the first half we were a little bit static, going backwards too often. You know, again. Scott Park's philosophy is hold the ball, keep passing, try to find a moment to make something happen. But we could have been a little bit more adventurous, even at first time. I just thought we were a bit passing backwards a bit too often. But right. I just I thought our passing was neat and tidy, better than it has been for a few games. Right. So that, is, that gives me hope and optimism as well. So I think we, ha- we have to be brave. 4-4-2 is obviously a lot more adventurous and a lot more positive. I think the only way we're going to get out of it is, that, is continue to play to that formation and maybe embed the strikers in there. Clearly, Cavalera keeps getting preferred, but again, wasteful. He was wasteful in a couple of chances. Boy, that opportunity later on in the match, Emilio, was right uh-huh. there for him. And uh, it, it, it was difficult. To, you don't want to yeah. know what I was saying when that went over. But again, th- there were opportunities. Uh-huh. But again, this is the follow-up to this. Because does the change of shape give you hope? And my answer is it does give me hope. Because again, we are going to find ways to create I think this allows us to create now at halftime the broadcast that I was listening to there was a lot of criticism mm. of the full back fullbacks not getting forward enough mm. Amelia. and yeah. I think you saw a change I think Parker obviously said something to the team at halftime because they were still with the same formation and mm. but again they were more adventurous the passing was slick and I want to say Robinson and Tet got forward a little bit more the crossing mm. wasn't good yeah, but the movement was better. I thought in the yeah. second half, Emilio. So yeah. I think the change of shape again it gives you another option. You could still mm-hmm. play three at the back against your Manchester United's, 
But when you play Southampton, I'll use for I'll just use them as his, as an example, or maybe I don't know Crystal Palace. Why can't you Why can't you play this formation? Yeah, no, I think you know Steve Turner asking a question: Should we stick with the three at the back or try this new shape for a while? I think try the shape for a while. I think why not tonight against a very good team? Um, let's not let's not beat around the bush. West Ham are a good team. They score a lot of goals, and we kept and we them, made them look average. We kept a clean sheet. So I know it's not three points. But positive, we kept a clean sheet. And I think I felt a little bit more comfortable Aina not starting tonight. Because I think it, some of the last few games, he's, his passing has been a bit erratic. I felt we've, we felt more comfortable in defence. We felt more in control, less likely to give away cheap free kicks. You know, how many free kicks did we concede in the day? I think, was, I think Anderson made a couple of mistakes in both halves. But other than that, you know, we were, we were, we were not generous with giving away cheap free, cheap free kicks in danger oh. areas. When Aina's got, the mess, you know, has got a tendency to make a few sort of rash tackles and rash fouls giving away needless free kicks but overall I felt more comfortable with this um with this lineup you know so, so defensively I think we have to be a little bit brave and we have to put a we have to put a striker up front we have to put somebody who's, who's more capable of scoring in front of goal you know put the new guy on there give him a chance against Everton I would like to have seen him play 30 minutes tonight give him give him a give him a bit of a run out rather than only 12 minutes I think that that's that was disappointing but there is some optimism here you know it's it's like I said, it's a point gained, but it's not enough to not the three points we all we all hoped for. We weren't expecting anything from tonight's game. Majority of fans, I'm sure most fans would have. Yep. But, and I thought we we gave West Ham a bit of a run for their money, but no more problems. Absolutely agree with that. I absolutely. It's you know whose fault is that? Is that the, the manager? Managers Mitrovic gave Mitrovic a couple of games against um, West Brom, and who did we play the other night? I lost count now. With Leicester City. Leicester, it was it was awful against Leicester Mitrovic. Yep. So. What does the manager do? Do you persevere? Do you make changes? If Scott Parker is trying to do the best with with the with the tools that is you know resources right. his disposal, what more can he do? But you know, I'll, I'll criticise him for this time lack of timeliness of substitutions. But overall, on tonight's performance, there's a bit more hope than I had three days ago. Okay, and I want to say the same thing, Emilio, because it was very deflating oh. after the last match, and uh, I was hoping to see a response, mm. and I think we saw a response here, Emilio. And um, it's still, listen, they are still far behind. It's eight points, you know, and now it's Burnley. But it also gives me hope because, again, he's trying to find a way forward. He's actually changing things up, trying to find a way for us to win matches. This, I believe, the change of shape was a more positive outlook for him. And, again, I I have to give him credit for that. But coming up next, we're going to talk about the late substitutions and was it too late bringing on those strikers? We'll also talk about biggest takeaway from the match, and we also have to talk about the red card and the controversy coming out of that because, again, I've heard it and we've seen it on social media. Okay, Emilio, let's get to it. And, again, we'll go into more detail on the post-match when we really break down the match, but I really want to talk about this. In the second half, I thought Fulham were by far the better side, mm. but I thought it was screaming for a change. Mm. And... What's interesting about it, I thought Scott Parker, you can look at it two ways. Was he being brave at the very end? Yes. But I'm going to ask you the question. Did he wait too long mm. to make these substitutions, to bring on these two strikers late? I want to get your thoughts on the timing because we've talked about mm. this before. The timing of mm. the substitutions, yeah. was it too late? And before I do that, I'm just looking at some of the feedback comments from people. Sounds like a lot of people are agreeing with me. There's a bit more optimism here tonight. I'm seeing people's comments here. Look, we could beat, beat Burnley two games. That's six points we gain from them. Continue to play like this, we'll start to beat some of these teams. So 
I'm glad, to, I'm, I'm pleased to see more positivity amongst our fans just reading these comments. So thanks for, uh, for showing a bit more optimism yep. tonight, fans. So thank you for that. In terms of the substitutions, um, yeah, it was too late. You know, I thought we were screaming for us on the hour. It was around the right time. Bobby Decker, Reed, you know, not really in the game tonight. I think he looked a little bit, a bit of a passenger. Certainly that first half looked like a passenger. Didn't really know what position he was playing in. Maybe, you know, I think he looked a little bit like a, like a bit part, to be honest. I thought, you know, again, you know, there's a threat from him. You know, he can always get into that dangerous position and maybe, you know, get a sight of goal. But I thought we should have been, we should have made a substitution after 60 minutes. We're in reasonably in control. We, we were pushing forward. We were being more assertive. We were keeping the ball well. We weren't yeah. making mistakes. That's your time that you actually say, go a step further and, and be brave. Have the ball, Scott Parker, to make the change. But he was trying to persevere with that, with that same 11 who yeah. were looking in, in, reasonably in control, therefore giving him a time. And it just felt that like we could have been playing all night and that starting 11 wouldn't have scored tonight. Well, That's the thing. Emilio, what's interesting? David Moyes makes a substitution, a double substitution in about the 55th minute. He was reacting yeah. to how Fulham were playing. So did that – at that point, you talk about the hour mark. That's five minutes later. Maybe there should have been a counter to that. Maybe mm-hmm. then was the time because, again, Moyes was reacting to Parker. Maybe it was time for, to Parker to react at that point, say, you know what? We're yeah. doing okay here. But we need to win. We need to take it to the next level. He waited, like you said. I, it was almost like like trying to figure out. I want to make sure we get the point, but at some point I have to go for it. And I think he mm. was riding it way yeah, too long. Yeah. yeah, he was hoping maybe we would have got the the goal With, without doing it. Originally eleven, yes. rather than make a tactical change to try to win the game. All right, so that's all about having the balls, having courage and and guts to make those changes. But overall, you know, yes. Timing and stuff could have been quicker. But when, when Mitrovic came on, I thought he did reasonably well, to be honest. I thought, you know, there was a half, you know, half chance. He maybe should have hit the target, but it just went just wide of the post. Right. Again, he had some good, good, good layoff. He chested the ball down well. He was making, making himself a bit of a nuisance in the, in the 12 plus minutes he was there. So that's right. Overall, you know, Loftus Cheek, I'm going to, you know, let's talk about Loftus Cheek tonight. I thought in, in especially in the first 15, 20 minutes, he was, he was a beast. You know, in that first half, second half, he grew into the game a bit Absolutely. more. You know, making a difference there, and I thought that's that seems to me is the most comfortable position in Tom Kearney's position, shall we say? Yes. You know, and and he was, you know, again, he could be the difference for us. And again, he on another day, he maybe should have done better with his one of his chances. He should have hit the target and hit the back of the net. But I've just felt. But if I think get, that's coming, Emilio. You know, I, I actually think something. it's coming from Ruben Loftus. I think I he is just getting there. Better. I've been yes. saying, getting better game by game. He needs a goal, as does Mitrovic. We just need to win a game, however ugly it may be. And I think that will maybe not set us on a mini run. If we can start to get two or three wins out of six, that's six to nine points out of 18. That's getting us to a position where yep. you know, we've got a fighting chance. But, you know, we've got to start. Sheffield United at home, Burnley away. There's chances. Easier said than done, but they're the games we need to be winning. But the fact that we got a we got a well deserved point could have been more tonight. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking courage from that. I thought good team oh, performance, it's all my bravery, good response compared to the game against Leicester City. Go, you got a week now to rest, recharge, reboot, give Everton a run for their money next week. And who knows? I've saw a comment if if Newcastle can go to Everton and win, why can't we give them? A, you know, why can't totally we agree? Totally agree. And you know, you know how I feel about these records. We we don't play well at Goodison Park. I'm like, you know what? Throw that all out. And please, can we just throw that all? Out? I I don't care about that anymore. 
Let's mm. see what they can do. They mm. should feel confident going there. Like you said, Newcastle went there. Mm. Why can't Fulham go there and get all three points? Yeah. Yeah. Why not, Emilio? But but listen, let's talk about this because I, I want to get your man of the match in just a second. But before we do that, we have to talk about this because I told you off air, it dominated the post-match that I was watching on NBC. All they wanted to talk about was the red card. That's all they wanted mm. to talk about. Forget about the match. They wanted to talk about the red card and what it, it's going to mean for West Ham losing Suchek for three matches. Mm. Okay. That's what the focus was on. Yeah. So again, I don't think it was a red card. I think you told me you don't think it's a red card. No, no, totally and, not. And, and guess who else thinks it wasn't a red card, Emilio? Alexander it's, Mitrovic it's, by his yeah. reaction. Yeah, exactly. And as I'm going to, I'm not going to name names, but people who are listening now will know who I'm talking about. Mitrovic a disgrace. No, he wasn't a disgrace. He was elbowed. Elbow is one thing. Was he elbowed intentionally? No, he wasn't. And he actually told the referee, no way is that a red card. He actually gave his own perspective. You saw that. You got your, you got your proof. VR so, decision. It yep. wasn't a red card. But you move on. But West Ham, were you complaining three months ago when your goal against <laughs> us was offside? No, you didn't. Nope. That, was, excuse me, that was a fucking should have been disallowed, excuse my French. And the referee gave it. So sorry, these things even themselves out every during the course of the season. So West yeah, Ham, right. tough luck. You didn't give up the goal three months ago when it was offside, and yep. VAR didn't give it. So therefore, this is this is the payback time. Sorry, I know it's wrong, but these things have a habit of even themselves out. We they should do, have at the London Stadium that three months ago, and we didn't because they scored a, uh, an offside goal. This is what you get back. So sorry, it's, I disagree with the red card. It's a joke. The referee was a joke, but Mitrovic is not a disgrace as some of us fans have called out. So he was elbowed, but he wasn't elbowed in Ted. It was an accident. Right. But, you know, that's let the let the powers that be decide. It didn't obviously change the outcome of the game. No, it had nothing to do with the outcome. No. But as far as I'm concerned, West Ham didn't, we didn't, you know, we had to suck up a defeat three months ago because of a goal that was dis- wasn't disallowed for offside. Sorry, West Ham. You, that's, that's revenge. That's payback. What goes around comes around. That's yeah. the way I look at it, Emilio. You know, they got a fortuitous situation going yeah. their way. Now, this kind of comes mm-hmm. back and, uh, it, kind of evens itself off, I guess you could say. But, you know, going back to a film obviously deserves something from that first match. But, again, it also shows something. And, again, we'll talk about this because um, I'll share that when we get the biggest takeaway, what what I've taken away from this. But before we do that, man of the match, we've kind of already talked about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Mm-hmm. So, everyone watching live, who's your man of the match? Emilio, I think it's Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Who's your man of the match? Yeah, I thought – for me, it was Loftus-Cheek. I thought he looked strong. He looked hungry. He looked desired. He made, he made, he created some chances for himself. Unfortunately, you know, if he managed to hit the back of the net, we'd all be celebrating three wins and he'd get his second goal for the club. But he had a, he had a good performance. And I th- I'm going to also give Harrison Reed a bit of a call out. He was, but he played well. He played well. He, you know, he worked hard running up and down that pitch. Again, I thought the fourth, the setup, Played into into Harrison Reed's hand. I thought. I thought you saw Harrison Reed had a little bit of yep. space in the, in the, in his own half. Yeah, just running around in circles, and it felt like he had a bit more control of that midfield. He wasn't running into other players. Lamina, I thought, had a good first half. You know, there was a crucial. Uh, I think he got in the way of was it the who was the who was the West Ham strike tackle went for the cross headed over. Lamina tracked him and yep. put him off. Otherwise, that could have been a goal for West Ham. So I thought Lamina had a good first half overall. You know, Loftus Cheek man of the match. I thought Harrison Reed had a good good match as well. Worked very hard, and hopefully he's not picked up an injury because he looked 
he he, put, he looked like he he hurt himself when he when he attacked. I'm glad that you mentioned that because again he kept playing on, and my thought was mm-hmm. it's brave to do that, but is he dealing with uh, the repercussions of that, Emilio? Because when he when you see a player, and they talked about this on the broadcast, and his hand goes to the back like that, you're like, oh, that's not mm-hmm. good. No. He you know he was able to continue to play, but like you, I'm thinking. Uh oh, because uh, he played really well, and you don't want to see him mm-hmm. be out for any period of time because he kept playing. Yeah. So, but you know, I mean, that's brave on his part because he he was part of this side. He is a Fulham player, and he just continued to play. But I am concerned about. It. I'm glad that you brought that up. But I do want to share because we, we we got a bunch of comments on man of the match. I've got a ton. So so and uh, it, it's hard to keep up with this. So thank you, everyone. I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna share some of this. Ben Lawrence, man of the match. Mm-hmm. Ruben Loftus Cheek, and uh, again we we got a good amount of those, Emilio. And uh, I'm just going to go through some of these and and uh, just try to find some more. My friend Chris goes for Ruben Loftus Cheek. I'm just going to just rummaging them off, my friend. Look at these. A lot of these are Ruben Loftus Cheek, so that mm-hmm. really tells you. Our friend Chris Davidson, my man of the match was Loftus Cheek. Lookman was a close second. We really haven't talked about him. Your thoughts? Um. Lookman, no. I thought Lookman, again, I'd like him to do what he was doing earlier in the season. Rather than sitting on the edge of the penalty area and and cross or try to make a... Take those defenders on. Get yourself into the box and try to make the West Ham players make or any defence make a mistake. I just feel like sometimes he's trying to cross from outside the areas. I think he should take on their opposition defender and actually try to to stretch them further. I think his quality of pass at times is not good enough. He looked a bit better today. Looked more industrious. I don't. I wouldn't give him my second second behind Loftus Cheek. I don't think he did enough for me. Yeah. He got in some reasonably good positions, but could have been more more assertive and maybe taken on some of their defenders a lot more. Just getting himself into the penalty area. Yeah. That's where you're dangerous, Lookman. Not on the edge of the penalty area and trying to cross the ball into the box. That's what's letting us down. Our crossing into the box is not good enough. No, it, no, no. And that's and that's, that's causing a lot of problems to me. Yeah, I'm glad that is. you mentioned that. Because if they had, like you said, if they had Cresswell's kind of crossing, I think Fulham win. And and yeah. that just you know, that just tells you the difference is that it's not just scoring the goals, it's also mm-hmm. the the opportunities created by mm-hmm. our fullbacks. And listen, I I really like Anthony Robinson. I think he's got a lot of potential. His crossing's not good enough. I thought Tete's crossing w- would be better than it's been because I've seen it in spurts. He just needs to be more consistent. But I want to go back. And I want to talk about what you were already talking about with uh, Harrison Reed. This is from Craig Marks. Reed, Ruben Loft, this cheek, if he could have scored. Now, yeah. this is from our friend Mr. Gold. Reed, very controlled. We look so much better in midfield without Ngisa. That's very interesting. Ngisa comes on late. I don't know. What well, What are your thoughts on on uh, on that, Amelia? Let's let's one thing we haven't covered off probably in the last few games is why are these play, players, the likes of Lookman and Ngisa, not the players they were a month ago? Well, there's there's one word here: COVID. People have forgotten these players had COVID, and typically it'll be months before these. Individually, if you catch, if you catch, if someone catches COVID, be months before you get back to the same levels as you were pre-COVID. Players are no different. Players are human beings, just like I am, just like Russ is. So yes. let's not forget, Angisa had a bad bout of COVID. That's why he's not the same player he is now than he was, say, six weeks ago. Same with um, same with Lookman. Lookman had yep. you know had caught COVID, hasn't got that level of energy and a spark that he had six weeks ago. So let's be let's be very clear. 
And it's a, uh, let's not forget, COVID is a nasty virus. Yes, totally agree with me. You're a football player, whether you're a, a nurse or whether you're any other occupation, you all suffer the same consequence. And we're seeing that, you know, the, these players are on the, but I disagree that we look better without Anguissa. I thought Anguissa was our top, our top player up until mid-December. So let's until not forget, until not the outbreak, Emilio, honestly, yeah, the, out, the outbreak at, at uh, Fulham. And, and here's something to think about, to ponder, because we're all watching the teams around us and we're watching Newcastle all of a sudden win matches. They had an outbreak. Mm, yeah. Could, could that be – now they're seeing the other side of it because they're now starting to win and they're starting yeah. to play a lot better. When Fulham played them the first time, they were, they were just still coming off of that, I mm. want to say, just a couple of weeks from that. So maybe there's something to this that we're not really given a, mm. enough yeah. thought on is that none of us know really how how much COVID is affecting the yeah. team. Yeah. You know, and, and again, we – we think we know, we have an idea of the players. You know, again, no one's come out public to say, that, you know, like you said, that Ngisa has it or, or whoever else has it. But we have a general idea mm-hmm. based on based on what's going on. And it, and honestly, if these players were dealing with COVID, yeah. it might take some time, like with Newcastle. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, exactly. So for me, it's, you know, we, we shouldn't lose sight of that. That's the reason why I'm not making excuses, but some of the players are, underperforming now compared to the, where they were six weeks ago because yep. a lot of them are recovering from this nasty virus so let's 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 not forget that let's put that into perspective People, right many fans are forgetting that to be honest yep okay my friend before we wrap this up because i want to give my biggest takeaway but i want to go to you first what's your biggest takeaway to come out of this match um i think change of formation i think that's for me it's it's finally realizing we have to change something. It's all and well playing the, the system we have done up until the season. Yeah, we haven't lost typically many games against big, some, especially against the big teams, but draws aren't enough. So I think hopefully I can take some comfort from the fact that we've changed yeah. our formation. You know, we had a very you know Ariola didn't have to make a save as far as I'm concerned. So that's that's all credit to the team as a whole. Our defensive unit looked very solid tonight. So we can take the, this positive performance into the next few games, and hopefully we can we can pick up some some much-needed victories. There are some games coming up where they are make or break. Burnley away right. and Sheffield United at home. Those two games, they're, they're, they're the biggest six-pointers of our season. We don't, right. get, don't win those two games, then I think well, let's, 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 let's just pack up and go home. But you get something from, you get four to six points from those games. Maybe there is still hope. So, That's right. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of the fans tonight seem a little bit more buoyant, more confident, more hopeful than they were three days ago. So... So just let's let's continue to to show that positivity, belief, and if we play like we did against a better, you know, top four team, then there's no reason why we can't go and play like that against some of the other teams and pick up some much needed victories. It's not over yet. No, um, still a long way to go. I'm not, let's be let's be very clear. There's a hell of a long way to go, but it's not over till it's fat lady sings. And play like that more often, then we've got we've got a chance. Okay. My biggest takeaway is really looking at these two matches against West Ham, Emilio. Because if you look at West Ham last season, I believe they were 16th. They've made a nice move up the table. They are where they are right now for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, full credit to them. But all they did last season, I shouldn't say all they did, but they they basically survived. They survived the Premier League, and now they're pushing on, just like Aston Villa. Look at mm-hmm. Aston Villa. So my thoughts on Fulham, if you can play with a team like West Ham, 
go toe-to-toe with a team that's fifth in the table. You certainly can do that with anyone. And all you need to do is find a way to survive. Mm-hmm. And they should look at these two matches and think to, think to ourselves, well, you know what? We have an opportunity here. Maybe we're starting to be more brave. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to take it to another level. And maybe Parker's going to learn something from this. What didn't I do from this? That could have turned a draw into a win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. he'll he'll you know. And again, I would you know if I Parker takes my calls, which which he won't take my calls. I, I haven't tried, but I doubt he would take my call. My advice to him would be to after the match you evaluate the players, but you also look back at, at the strategy you had and, mm-hmm. and and have an honest assessment. Mm-hmm. Should you uh, you know ask yourself should I have made the substitutions earlier because I thought that he was brave at the end but maybe he needed to do that 10 minutes, or 20 yeah. minutes before Amelia. So yeah. my whole thing on c- coming out of this is that if we can play even, you know, again, we, we can argue about West Ham winning over the two matches, even, you know, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously have more points out of the two matches, but how different, you know, how much better is West Ham than Fulham in these two matches? I would say, they're even, Emilio. So that's what I take out of this is that if we can be even with a team like West Ham, then we should be able to take that to these other teams. And I think that's going to be the trick. The trick is going to be we can play the top teams very well, but we yeah. need to take that attitude when we play teams like you said, Sheffield United and Burnley and say, you know what? They might not be the top teams. We need to take it to them. Yeah, we fought today. I thought we fought Exactly. Hard. Before exactly. we 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 tried our best, the best wasn't quite enough. No, it just wasn't. It wasn't and, enough. And you know, let's let's put ourselves into perspective. We are play, we're a bottom three team, and that's the reason you know we done well as a bottom three team to take the game to West Ham, who are a bang on form, scoring yeah. goals to find, and we held them to very few. They had what did they do? They hit the crossbar, and that was it. That's all they. That's all, the only chance that they had the whole game. That's a credit to Fulham, the way we were set up, and the way we fought. So um, yeah. So, so let's. So I'm, I've got, you know, at the end of the day, I felt we could get something out of the game just before that. For some reason, I had some renewed optimism. I was telling yep. a lot of fans, and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed, but maybe disappointed we didn't get the three points based on those chances we carved yep. down. Maybe we should have just been a little bit more, you know, clinical in a goal. But that's the story of our season, isn't it? It's nice. It is. It is. It is. And that's what I kept hearing on the broadcast is that. Fulham are pleasing on the ice. I kept hearing this. They're pleasing on the ice. They just can't finish. That's mm-hmm. the difference, and that's a huge difference yeah. because yeah. they need to finish. I'm just going to share this from our friend Chris, and then, and then we're going to wrap this up, Emilio, our friend Chris in Spain, because I like this. Villa stayed up due to a dodgy goal line technology yeah. machine. Now look at them. We need some breaks like that. Chris, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. We need some breaks, but you know what? Sometimes you have to make your own breaks, and they're yeah. not doing that right now. Yeah. That's the difference. They're not making their own luck. I know that sounds weird to say. They need to make their own luck. Yeah, and, and again, it's like you could argue, again, the West Ham red card. It'll probably get rescinded anyway next week when it gets reviewed. But yep. notwithstanding that, it's, you know, imagine that would have been us. You know, the fact that it could have been us in a similar position. We would have got a red card. We would have suffered. Maybe, maybe, maybe okay, it didn't affect the, the, the result of today's game. What I'm trying to get to is... Some of those decisions are going our way. Hopefully, we need a, to Chris's point. A few, a few more of these decisions potentially get a few penalty decisions. Who knows? Maybe we've 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 had nothing but rotten luck all season. That luck has to change. I always firmly believe, you know, 
you go through a bad patch, things will pick up. The Burnley's have picked up a bit of mini. That's form. right. That's right. Why you could see the other side we? of this. Why can't we? We've got. And that's my games. point. Let's and that's my point, Amelia. Why we can do it? Why can't we? You know, and it's fun. And it's funny. I I always bring this up, and I'm going to bring it up. 2007, the Great Escape. Okay, I'm just going to bring it up because, you know, and whenever I say that, well, that was a different team. That was Roy Hodgson. Okay, but Mm -hmm. at some point, they needed to turn it on, Mm -hmm. and the matches were there for them, and and Fulham just needed to do the same. Two years ago, I'm telling you, Emilio, I did not have this confidence in this team that I do now. I, Mm -hmm. I just didn't. I thought it was inevitable. You know, eventually it would catch up to them. It was, it was, they were going to get relegated. I don't feel that way this time. I absolutely don't because I think we have the team to stay in this division. Now they need, as Chris said, have a little luck on their side and then they need to take it from there, score some goals. Like you said, get a red card situation, get, you know, get a penalty, you know, that goes their way instead of going in reverse. West Ham should have had a goal three months ago. It should have been offside. Right. It, It stood. Yeah. You got the red card. Well, David Boy, stop complaining. You didn't complain when you nicked a win three months ago, did you? So these yeah. things even themselves out. I, I firmly believe that. Things sometimes they go your way, yeah. sometimes they don't. But you know, I agree with running out of games, Chris, but yeah. it's take that form to the next few games and we may have a chance. If we played like we did against Burnley in the cup, against Leicester the other night, then clearly we're not going to stay in this division. Right. So, just play more more frequently like we did tonight. Right. And we've got there's some hope. There's optimism there. Right. It's, it's going to be a difficult task, but it's it's not not out of the impossible to do it. That's, that's right. Right. And Emilio, you know, and again, I, I just want to say this and then we'll end the show. I feel, you know, again, that people have been a little critical, some have of my positivity that I need to be more realistic. Well, I think the club actually backed mm-hmm. why I feel the way I do. Do I feel that obviously that they're not doing enough for wins? Yes. But I think that, you know, and I'll keep saying it. I I believe in this team. I feel differently than I did two seasons ago. I'm not changing my thoughts on this. I truly believe Fulham Mm -hmm. can stay in this division and I still have hope and, and that hope's not going. And if you want to say I'm not being realistic, I disagree with you because I have history on my side as well. I have the great escape. I have Leicester City. There are other teams that have done this. There is precedent for this. There's mm. absolutely precedent for this. So don't tell me that they can't do it because I think that they can. And I think that they will. So I'm going to end there. All right. Mm-hmm. Emilio, great show, but we do have to wrap this up. For Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ. One Cooper. thing, sorry, Russ, one thing. Let me just apologize for my swearing tonight as well. But <laughs> it was not towards the performance. It's towards the fans. I'm fed up with this. So some fans will get blocked from me in in coming week. You might be relieved to do that, but I'm I'm I can't tolerate all this negativity. I want everyone to join on this journey. And like I said, I'm 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 always grounded. If we do yep. well, I'll I'll give plaudits. If we do poorly, I'll criticize. But yep. this performance tonight, I'm glad to see we've got a lot more lot more confidence and positivity amongst That's us. That's right. At the end of the day, I felt I had a right to. Sw- no, it's wrong to swear on there. It's okay, Amelia. It's okay. I'm just frustrated with certain people. Yeah, I understand, Emilio. And and listen, it's hard because uh, we're passionate. We're all foam supporters. We might not always agree on foam, but in the end, we're all supporting the same club. Yeah. So, and that's the way I look at it. And Emilio, you're passionate, and all of our fans are passionate. 
Mm. I'm just saying, just, you know, and this is just me saying it, and then we'll wrap this up. Let's just get behind this club. Yeah. You know, and let's just support them. We'll support them in the Premier League. We'll support them in the championship. I'm not giving up, though, yet that they're going to stay in the Premier League. Just get behind them. If you're upset over a loss, you can be upset over a loss. But you know what? There's still hope there, and I'm not giving up hope. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. <laughs> for Emilio Donella and Russ Coleman, thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.